Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its many games like a mother bird sitting on a nest hoping those things will hatch into Diablo 3 content this year. Come on, Blizzard! I'm Matt, I'm your host. With me this week, uh, our fantastic returning co-host, Anne Stickney, and she's going to talk to us now about what her week has been like. It's been holidays. Although when you were talking about the mother bird, all I could think about was Porgs, because I went and saw Last Jedi on Monday. (laughs) Did you read about why the Porgs exist? No, I did not. I haven't read anything about like the backstory this, of Star Wars. This is great. This is great. I got to tell you this. The island they shot those scenes on uh-huh. is an actual nature preserve yeah. up in like in the Arctic Circle area. Right. And puffins are all over it. It's completely full of puffins. They So they were climbing all over everything, and they're protected. You can't do anything about them. So they just put the porgs in. They just digitally changed them to porgs. So they look Star Wars-y. Those are actual, every time you see a scene with a pork in it, there's an actual bird climbing around. Like, that's happening. (laughs) So I just love that. That is like my favorite fact of the week. Also, returning to the show after a long absence, uh, he's grumpy and we love him. Uh, Alex Zebart filling in for Mitch. What are you up to, Alex? Not a whole lot. Uh, I don't do a lot for the holidays, though I watched... I missed midnight on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever midnight is considered, because I was watching a movie I wasn't enjoying very much. So that that that, that was good. <laughs> uh, it's funny because for New Year's, what I did was uh, go outside in the incredible negative thirty something cold, and like had a firework really close to my face so my wife could take pictures of it. So yeah, it's it's been a really weird year, twenty seventeen, and I I I'm kind of hoping twenty eighteen will will be better I, if, if I you guys up, think, yeah. I think at, at midnight right up to midnight I was playing a new alt in World of Warcraft because I decided to love didn't you tweet and... photos you tweeted like pictures of the fireworks or something I remember, I remember yeah those. that was when I I logged over first I logged over to my rogue character just to see what was what in Orgrimmar because I had heard that the 
auction house dance party was making a one night glorious return and I had to go see that right so I went to go see that and sure enough in Orgmar the auction house had been converted into a dance hall again just for the evening for some New Year's festivities um, and there were the fireworks going on over Orgrimmar, which was really pretty. And then for some reason, a stack of dragon mounts, like that became a thing. I don't know why. Like it started out with two people that just kind of put their dragons on top. And then all of a sudden it just turned into this giant stack of flapping dragon mounts that went all the way up. I don't know if they hit the like the arbitrary invisible ceiling on the map or not but they came close I mean it was a very tall tower I don't know why it happened but I guess that's just what you do on New Year's in World of Warcraft so I finished with that and then I started playing my alt because I decided to make another alliance alt because why not and uh, I noticed it was almost midnight so I went out to the deck in front of my house just to see. And as soon as it hit midnight, all the illegal fireworks started going off all over the valley. And it was very pretty. I, I figured they would. That was my New Year's. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, my, my wife went down to see fireworks, but they didn't have any in our neighborhood, which is not that surprising. Canada isn't as big on explosions as the United States. Yeah. But, you know, it's it was actually a pretty low-key New Year's for us. So hopefully, you know, people out there enjoyed their New Year's and had a good time. I do want to clarify that because I know there, oh, Alex is a grumpy one, whatever. I wasn't actually sitting here in complete misery watching that movie. I was enjoying it. It was hateful eight. It's just Tarantino gets a little too up his own butt sometimes. So there was moments where I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But I was having fun on New Year's Eve. Thank you very much, everybody. Alex, we love that you're grumpy. Don't worry about it. God. <laughs> The thing is, is that even when he's not grumpy, just saying he is grumpy will make him grumpy. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling thing. It's true. All right. We, uh, we should probably do the top stories thing that we do here on this in the show. And because Blizzard hates me, they dropped stuff today. And I, I write the email for the show the day before. So, of course, there's stuff that we have to talk about that isn't on my list. So luckily, Ann caught them. So we'll talk about some of those right now. Um, Blaze, the... Uh, the StarCraft fire fire unit, who's now a Heroes of the Storm hero, is that they dropped it on the PTR or is it live? Because you you wrote this. In. It went on the PT. He went on the PTR and uh, they released more details in like a hero spotlight of what exactly the character does, like what his abilities are, and his traits and his heroic abilities and all of that other stuff. Um, Alex, you play heroes. Yes. A lot more than I do because I just glance at it every now and again. And you actually sit down and play. Yeah. How do you think he looks? Can you go over the stuff that they came out with? Well, first, Rossi, he's a fire bat. Thank you very much. <laughs> the, the fire unit. He's a fire um, bat yeah. unit. He's a fire bat. He's supposed to be a, a tank. I haven't been on the PTR to play him, but he seems like he can effectively do it. He has armor he has a lot of hp he has some self-healing uh he has a stun so you can initiate and peel which are underrated things that people often forget tanks need to do uh you can't just make a tank in a moba by giving them a ton of health they have to you know be able to actually protect their teammates in ways other than being a sack of meat and it seems like he can do that um he, I don't know, people can watch the the video for themselves, but he has a, an oil spill or an oil slick where he throws down a canister of oil and he slows people. Then he can set it on fire to do damage, and standing in that fire also heals him. 
Uh, his ultimate is to throw down a bunker that his whole team can get in, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he's got a couple. He's got a couple of heroic abilities. The one that really stood out to me, though, over the other one was the bunker drop ability. And with that, he calls down a bunker. He gets into it, but all of his teammates can get into it too. And while they're inside that bunker, they're protected, but they can also fire these flamethrowers from the bunker and keep damaging people outside. And then when they hop out of the bunker, everybody's got a temporary armor boost when they hop back out. To me, that sounds a little OP, but I mean, it still sounds ridiculously fun. I don't know. Yeah, it really depends. Um, I can also see a possibility of it becoming a liability because if your whole team gets in that thing, then everybody on the other team knows exactly where to aim their AOEs for when everybody pops out of that thing. Or they could just ignore you and go do the other thing. Right. It's like <laughs> go um, do objectives. Oh, you're all gonna hop in the bunker. That's okay. We'll be over here hammering on your core. Thanks. It's. Yeah, it's kind of like how Alex Draza's heal, which is like an AOE where we has to group up, is can also very much be a liability because ev- everybody groups up to get that big Alex Draza heal. The other team's like, oh, everybody's standing in this one tiny spot. That's where we kill them all. <laughs> we just target everything on that little circle so that they can get their heals. What I like is that his trait, he has a trait called Pyromania, and that allows him to simultaneously gain armor, and he also deals periodic damage to enemies around him, um, which kind of ties into how the Firebat units work in StarCraft, because I believe they've got like armor-building abilities, like that's how they worked in StarCraft, so they kind of tied that in. But what I really appreciate with this, though, is the whole flame stream oil spill dynamic between the two flame stream is just it seems really simple he fires out a couple of flame jets side by side one from each hand right any hero that they hit any enemy that they hit it reduces the cooldown on pyromania so he can use it more frequently okay that's cool and everything he also has this ability called oil spill where he throws oil on the ground and anybody that walks through it is slowed Okay, that sounds cool by itself. If you take those two abilities together and set the oil spill pool on fire, that's when it all of a sudden <laughs> all hell breaks loose because anybody that's standing in that oil spill, they're slowed, but they're taking damage from the flames. And if he's standing in it, he gets healed. Plus he's got like modifier abilities, I guess, that you could choose as you level throughout the match or whatever that will allow him, like his charge will leave an oil spill behind him and then he could turn around and set it on fire. I mean, basically this guy is just, it's like he exists to set the map on fire and I'm cool with that. Is when he they, like, um, one thing I wanted to ask. The fire bat. Yeah, I wanted to ask, so is, is he one of the ones that was revealed in that big leak? Like, I, I remember they've been going so. through that. I, I want to say that there were rumors that he was, that, that Blaze was, that a fire bat unit was going to be in the game at some point. I don't know if that was from that big list of leaks or whatever that came out oh so long ago, or if that I'm, was like a more recent thing. I'm trying to remember um, if he was, either he was the last one of the big leak list or he came on a shorter list immediately after it because um because i I know we were expecting the fire bat to come after alex straza but then in the kalthuzad video the behind the scenes of kalthuzad there was like a spreadsheet that was accidentally on camera for like a second that had hanzo in it then hanzo released alex straza and then the fire bat showed up 
So I can't remember if the Firebat was on that big list or Raptor if he came Raptor is saying, after. Raptor in the chat channel says that that was the last one from the leak. That he was the last one from the leak. Okay. So so we're in and kind the, of an uncharted territory for future heroes. There was yeah. something more recently that people aren't sure whether it's legit or not. Uh, that a Dreadlord was on that list to be the next one or one of the next ones. So if we get a Dreadlord like Melganis soon, uh, the leaks still go on. I guess we'll find out. Either which way, yeah. Blaze is on the PTR now, and you can play with him, which is great. Um, I didn't quite... When I was watching that hero spotlight, I was watching all of the abilities and going, oh, well, that looks good. That looks good. And then they started using them in combination with each other, and I was going, oh, wait, that looks better. And then the end of the video, it starts to like show the versatility of this hero like on the field and how everything kind of works together and he looks really cool like he looks really fun to play and if i played any more heroes than i actually do which is none at all mostly for the most part right now um i have a feeling i'd go for that guy just because all of his abilities look really fun and the way that they interact with each other look really fun plus i like tank characters i don't know i I just i like warrior heroes he seems a lot like Chen, except more effective and not reliant on the weird drinking mechanic. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Because Chen also has kind of those combos where you throw his barrel and it slows people, but then if you use his fire breath on people who are slowed, it sets them on fire. Uh, and he has his flying kick, which is a whole lot like Blaze's charge, except charge stuns and the kick just kind of puts you in the way a bit. It's a lot like Chen, except potentially better. (laughs) And the last time we saw a StarCraft dude was Stukov back in July. And then Probius came out. Was Was Probius March? Yeah, it was July. It was a long time ago. We've had a whole mess. We've had a whole mess of World of Warcraft and Overwatch heroes, but we haven't seen a StarCraft dude since July. And then I think prior to that, it was Probius in, like, March. When was the last Diablo character? The Necromancer? Um... When was the last Diablo character? I don't remember. They're due for another one of those, too. Honestly, yeah. I feel like they are. Um, Although, you do kind of find yourself wondering who they'd put in at this point. It would almost have to be another character. Like another, like one of the playables. Covetous Shen. Give him to us, please. Thank you. <laughs> I just want the voice acting. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, if, they don't, if, they, if they're going to do that, they, they have to put in, a, you know... Oh, bloody heck. Stay a while and listen. No, Deckard Kane before it covered his shin, Deckard Kane. No, I, see, I want a Deckard Kane announcer pack. Malthiel in June. Okay, so just okay. before the StarCraft hero. Um, yeah, I'd like a Deckard Kane announcer pack for heroes, and I would like Covetous Shen to be a hero himself. Some people are saying Oriel, which actually, like, that makes sense, too. That would be a good addition. But yeah, there aren't a whole heck of a lot, as Alessander points out in the chat channel. There's not a lot of StarCraft options left, and no, but it seems like a lot of the heroes that they've been introducing StarCraft-related have been, like, humanized versions of StarCraft units. So how many units are there left in StarCraft? I'm sorry, Plenty. you could put the Ultralisk in and we you could wow, the Ultralisk would be fun. Well God, that's that's one of Kerrigan's ultimates. And Oriel yeah. entered the game in August twenty sixteen. She's been in there for like two years. Oh, okay. I'm thinking Mengsk, frankly. Mengsk? Yeah, Mengsk. He would do. It would be evil. He would be evil. That's I mean you need. his superpower is like wearing a suit yeah, but he's really good at it he's, he's i don't think we ever saw next fight anything so well, he, would he just he would just be a 
dapper dictator that stands around the map. But uh, not to divert from that, but we could literally sit here and guess at new heroes all all year. But we also have some Overwatch news. Um, start up, I'm going to mention really fast that the Overwatch Competitive League went into Season 8 on New Year's Eve. Yep. So if you're playing, if you want to play competitive Overwatch, I guess there you go. Um, they, they, there's actually a long post about all the different changes and so forth on the site. Uh, I think it was, I want to make sure who, who wrote the article before I... Uh, yeah, Annabelle wrote a, a nice piece about it. So um, there's a reasonable one. They're, they're changing the way the skill rating variances. Like, they don't want that to be as huge. You don't want to get in there with people who are just way better than you and destroy you. That's not fun. Um, they're working on the way they do it. Like, the, the, the headline here is removing personal performance skill rating adjustment for diamond tier players and above. Yeah. So if you're know, really, really tier. good, then those adjustments don't apply essentially so it's it's you know it's they're changing around they're playing with how they they make it work as they go into season eight so that's if you're an overwatch player that's worth keeping in mind um uh what was the thing you you just posted like there was a developer update um, that was also anna but i looked through that too um the developer update uh jeff kaplan just kind of showed up to give a brief overview of everything he kind of went over everything that happened in 2017 and then went on with what they're planning in 2018 and he really did not give any super specific details I feel like I should point that out immediately. There were no super specific details other than he was talking about like the events that were upcoming. Obviously last year with the Lunar New Year, we had, what was it? It was like Year of the Rooster and this year it's Year of the Dog. So they're going to be like updating the event to reflect the current year. Um, They are actually planning on doing something with Uprising, which I found kind of surprising because they are going to bring that one back. They want to make sure that they bring it back even though it was kind of like a story related thing they want to bring it back for the people that may have missed out on it last year and they would like to update it how they're going to update it I don't know and he didn't have any details on that just yet but it's going to see some changes which I thought was pretty cool Um, and then he went over a little bit of the system changes that we were just talking about and then he also mentioned that there is a hero 27 on the table Hero by Hero Twenty Seven, we mean Twenty Seventh Hero for Overwatch. Do we know who it is? No. Did Jeff tell us anything about them? No. Other than they're going through internal testing right now, and they're a lot of fun, which you kind of expect that out of any new hero, really. Uh, they're also working on new maps and all the other good stuff that we enjoy seeing. Um, obviously, Twenty Eighteen, they are adding more skins to the base loot box, not the holiday loot boxes, but the base loot box. So people who have already collected everything there is to collect out of the non-event main just base loot boxes there will suddenly be new stuff for you to collect again which I thought was pretty handy actually I like that I that was the only thing that kind of was a drawback to the loot box system as far as I was concerned was that there was like a finite amount of things in those loot boxes so what happens when you collect them all well what happens is you start gaining currency and you just stockpile that and you don't get anything until a holiday event rolls along and then once you get everything from that holiday event you're stockpiling currency all over again so I'm glad that they're adding new stuff to those base loot boxes and not just leaving them there um there's not a lot to Overwatch as far as gameplay and rewards go. The loot boxes are like the only thing you get for leveling and all of that. So yeah, keep them updated. 
I should also mention um, one cool thing about Overwatch is that there was a fan-made Cairo map yes. on Reddit, and the real interesting part is this thing is apparently so good that even Jeff Kaplan commented on how good it was. Uh, specifically, he said something to the effect of that they would be in touch with the man who made the map, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it's apparently all gorgeous. Of the... It looks like something that was ripped right out of the game, and he did it in Unreal Engine 4, which is like... I don't know if that's what they use for Overwatch. I don't think it is. But what he was able to do with like textures and lighting and everything else, it looks like it's straight up. It looks like it could be an Overwatch map, which is kind of crazy to think about. He had another one that he did too. And I can't remember what he called that map. I think it was the favela. I'm not sure. Uh, where Lucio and Symmetra came from, like in the comics yeah. they were in. Yeah. It's already mentioned. It's yeah, his favela map. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that one was also cool, but it wasn't on the same level as this Cairo map. The Cairo one is just, the level of detail in it is absolutely astounding. And yeah, if they don't hire that guy, I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> well, I mean, when Jeff Kaplan himself even says something to the effect of amazing work, we'll be in touch on your post yeah. of your you know fan map. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's... Well, and- and he said it was pretty funny, too, because, you know, the guy, when he was talking in, in the uh, Reddit post, he was saying, oh, no, I don't need, like, a job from Blizzard or anything. I'm still studying, and I'm still practicing, and I'm still doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're there. You are there. Like, you don't, you no, you should go learn by doing. <laughs> because what you're doing is what should be done. Like, yeah, I'm going to it's super dangerous to make assumptions when you see posts like that because yeah. sometimes like someone comes up like hey we'll be in touch and you're like oh my god i'm getting a job and then they get in touch like can we share your post on twitter yeah and you're like oh <laughs> no we don't know maybe yeah, they'll they, give them no a tour of blizzard or something even that would be cool you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. whether or not he gets a job at blizzard let's just say this i unreal 4 is not the engine they use for overwatch no uh, i think it's actually not even the most concurrent unreal but i'm not a Whatever it is, it's this thing does look like it's an Overwatch map. It's it's astonishing. Like if you, if if this thing had not been if I if it wasn't branded so that I knew it wasn't Overwatch, like if he hadn't told us up front, I, I would, would have thought, thought this it, was something. Yeah, I would yeah. have thought it was a new map. It's that good, you guys. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of Overwatch stuff. Uh, you know, we've watched we've all watched all the stuff that they put out. It's the level of detail in this thing is kind of terrifying. Um, trying to think, do you remember the Oasis map? Yeah. When it first came out, when they when you first saw the Oasis map, it actually looks a little better than the Oasis map. The, not not that it looks in game, but when the first time you saw Oasis, this one actually looks a little better than that. That's how good it is. I just the part so, that yeah. blows me away every time is that he worked on all of this and did all of this all by himself. It was yeah. just him. He had no but. He did this all by himself, and he did it in, like, two or three months, I think he said it took him, because he was doing, like, finals or something at the same time. So, yeah, he managed to crank out something with that level of detail in that short of a period of time. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I was kind of blown away with that thing. I'm sorry. I know we have other stuff to talk about here, too. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's that's one I wanted to talk about. So uh, real real fast mention that this week is the week for Antorus uh, Wing 3 to open on LFR. So if you are an LFR player, if that's how you get your raid content, you get the third wing of Antorus, which means in two weeks we'll have the last wing. Is Am I correct? January 16th, we get Wing 4, and that's the end of Antorus. And if this plays out, like it played out with the Tomb of Sargeras, 
on January 16th, everybody should be able to see what's going down in Silithus too, regardless of whether you finish the raid or not. I don't know if that's what they have planned, but I think so, because I can log on to the PTR right now, the 735 PTR, and see everything that's going on down there, even though none of my characters have actually completed Antorus. I can still see what's happening because it's like in the future. So I'm assuming that's gonna what's gonna be happening on the 16th. I gotta say though, we should be getting 735 pretty quick here. I, I keep thinking that we kind of need to because the Call of the Scarab event, um, there's like overhaul elements to that on the 735 PTR, if I remember correctly. And that event is at the end of this month, yes? I have no idea. I believe so. So I, I feel like, you know, just by nature of their own timeline, you know... the six- January 23rd is when it happened. Like, the, it's the anniversary of the original one, which was January 23rd. Right. I so feel it would like, be happening soon, yeah. Right. And I feel like the 16th is when we get that last wing of LFR. I feel like the 16th might also be a likely day for 735. Either that or we're going to get it on the 23rd, which would be weird because it'd mean, like, patch launch well, on a micro-holiday. But, hey, we've seen weirder things, so... Well, 16 plus 7 is 22, right? No, it is, tw- no, it is 23, you're right. Yeah, that's the week after. So, yeah, it would be that day, which is possible. It um, is. I don't think that it's going to be any later. It can't be any later than the 23rd, unless they're just trying to address Call of the Scarab for next year. But even then, that's weird. Why would you plan that that far in advance on a PTR that's going active right now? So you so, don't forget, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would be pretty bad if they forgot to change it. Then next year, that event starts and everything's broken because they changed the zone. I don't know. It's a good question. But yeah, that, so that's... I, uh, I'm trying to think. What was I supposed to talk about? Oh, yeah, the Leroy Jenkins video. Um, sorry, guys. I, I even wrote the article about this and I forgot about it. <laughs> um, basically, you guys remember last month, the whole net neutrality thing was going on. The FCC... Uh, oh, yeah. voted to repeal those rules uh, I don't want to turn this into a political platform but you know I support neutrality uh, Leroy Jenkins creator uh, revealed basically the first take video that he made all those years ago and we're talking years ago here <laughs> we're talking like 2005 yeah um, you know the video they made the first take of their the Leroy Jenkins video he released it online to support net neutrality and i gotta say watching it is the original video if you try and go find it it's so compressed because you i don't think youtube was even a thing till like 2006 was it like i don't even think this thing was originally released on youtube i think it was released on wasn't youtube it, a year after it wasn't came it out on like missionameta.com or whatever yeah Machinima or like wasn't there didn't there used to be like a google video thing i, I don't remember so. i just i just remember like this is this predates YouTube, so the if you find it on YouTube now, it's compressed to heck. So you can you can find it like the, the same person has released a non-compressed version. Uh, you can see a non-compressed version of the original video now, but you know usually when you saw it, it was pretty messed up. So it's fascinating to see not only a very clean version of it, although it, as he points out, this file was just sitting on his computer for twelve years. <laughs> That's the part that I find kind of astonishing. Like, he hung on to that for 12 years. He just hung on to it. It was just sitting there. And it it stuck around that long. That's pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, 
it's pretty obvious that he must have tr- you know transferred it a couple of times because I don't know anybody who's still using the same computer twelve years down the road. Yeah. Um, uh, even that's just wow. But yeah, it's it's funny to watch because I said something today to the effect on Twitter. I said something to the effect of if you're telling an internet-based joke that's older than two thousand eight, you're officially t- you know you're officially out of date for like young kids on the internet today. People on the internet today, if your joke is 10 years old, they don't get it. It's it's too old. This video came out, like original one came out in 2005. We're all old. We're all so terribly old. And the, the baffling thing is that video still every now and then gets referenced in like a sitcom on television. With, well, cause that is people, still releasing new episodes. Those people are writing it. They're also old, man. 2017 Leroy Jenkins reference on television. Come on. Yeah, and it's it's like you what know. What are the you kids see... like? Well, they like that World of Warcraft. Let's well, throw in the this... Leroy Jenkins thing. Who is this Leroy Jenkins fella? Let's get more of that. <laughs> but yeah, so that that happened, and I felt like we should mention it just a so we could all feel desperately old, and and b just so you can realize that people have been doing this stuff, the fan videos and everything since forever. Uh, and it's gotten to the point where you can have a nostalgic trip about Leroy Jenkins. And yeah, wow, again, I feel terribly, terribly old. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty then. Alright, well, next up we should do some emails. Um, If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch in it so we know it's for this show. Um, You know, we we talk about pretty much anything, so if you have a... It doesn't have to be wow, it doesn't have to be Overwatch... (laughs) If you have questions about Diablo 3, you can ask them. Uh, but uh, before we do Rossi the emails, Alex... will just Alex, cry a lot for those. So. Yeah, I will. But, but Alex, if you could first. Sure. If you enjoy our show, consider checking out CuriosityStream at BlizzardWatch.com slash Curiosity. With CuriosityStream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. It's like Netflix, specifically for documentaries and education. You can try the service with a one-week trial for free. Our subscriptions are $2.99 per month. New shows are added all the time. There are new documentaries every single week. I personally recommend David Attenborough's Light on Earth, which is a documentary about bioluminescent animals. David Attenborough nature documentaries are always classic. Highly recommend. Uh, You can find Curiosity Stream BlizzardWatch.com slash Curiosity. Every new subscription supports our show and everything we do. And Okay. We have, well, let's just go ahead and jump into the first email here. This one is from Sivus of Dethicus, who says, Greetings, watchers. Idea, turn the Undercity into a supersized barrow den for the Night Elves. Thoughts? And just leaves Why? it at that. Why it do you hate Night Elves? really bad. I, I can't see them doing that because you have to understand that the Undercity is basically, it's the lower half of Lordaeron. Like, that's where they had, like, the crypts and tombs and things, and it was also where prisoners were kind of imprisoned um, for Lordaeron way back in the day. So it's not like the place had good juju to begin with, but um, having a bunch of night elves kind of tromp around down there and make it their home, that just seems a little bit, you know, to the humans who treasure Lordaeron and maybe want to take it back for their own reasons because they're still kind of devastated about having lost it so many years ago to the plague it just it seems almost sacrilegious in a way (laughs) the elves are just like yeah we're gonna move in here (laughs) people always get on me about like me not being horde friendly enough but i didn't come up with this idea this idea one of you suggested this i think this is terrible because 
people are playing as Forsaken, they're going to start there still. That's your that's your, if you roll a level one Forsaken, they still start in Brill and not in Brill, uh, the place that's north of Brill. I, I can't remember the Tears starting Fall zone. Blades, yeah, up in yeah, the, the up in you the start there. there. You start up in that little corner area. You're going to go down to Brill. It's like that whole thing. I don't. I, I don't know how this expansion is going to end, but I really feel like taking Lord Aron and giving it to the Night Elves at level 110 to 120. And it's just, it's going to feel really weird if that continues past 120. Like if we're, if we level the 130 and the, there's a bunch of Night Elves still in Undercity, I just feel that that's really bizarre. I know I talked about this a little bit last week. Was it on this show? I think it was on this show that I talked about a little a little bit about this last week because we were talking about the burning of Teldrassil and how I was like, well, that just feels kind of weird because that's the Night Elf starting zone. Like, that's their home. Where are they going to go after that? Well, the same kind of applies here, too. It's, you know, the Forsaken are getting kicked out of the only home they have left. Like, nowhere yeah. else on Azeroth is remotely close to what their home was. These guys used to be citizens of Lordron way back in the day. Like, this is legit their home. I mean, they're dead now, undead, what have you. They're doing terrible things, but this is the only place that they have, and they're getting punted out of it. And the same applies for the Night Elves, because Teldrassil is, that's the only place they have. There's just this weirdness to me, the idea of, like, they can't just trade. Like, no, uh, no, I don't. I can't think of any. I can't think of a Forsaken who'd be thrilled to be living in a giant, burned-out, dead tree. Like I know it's kind of thematically appropriate that they're, you know, the tree's dead, we're dead. But at the same time, like you know, I, I, I'm not down for the big dead tree, guys. No. There's nothing here. It's a tree. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't feel good for anybody involved. It's just a weird thematic choice, anyway, to go in and just like let's just torch both of these places to the ground. <laughs> And we'll have the Alliance, you know, tear through Lord Ron and get rid of the Undercity. And we'll have the Horde go through and burn down Teldrassil. Although, again, like, we don't have any confirmation either way as to who did the Teldrassil thing. And we know what's going on with the Undercity thing because we saw it in the trailer. And we have, like, imagery that suggests that, yeah, the Horde was out there doing stuff to Teldrassil. But we don't have the details for any of this so again it's like rough to speculate anything about the goings on i'm just hoping we get alpha real quick here i mean yeah i don't don't know about you guys i i would just like alpha so we can actually get a look at things and and get a better picture of what's going on because the stuff that we were given at blizzcon was so deliberately vague that it's really hard to extrapolate anything from it with like 100 percent certainty and just given how blizzard handles like world changes it the night elves are basically going to be homeless for the next decade of world of warcraft aren't they? <laughs> like, unless they give them gonna... something unless I mean, they give them something what are they going to give them though there's nothing to give them gilneas let's Maybe? take back gilneas i mean if, <laughs> if the forsaken are, couches now if the forsaken is... aren't going to be in undercity anymore well then why not go back to Gilneas? Why not? That I mean, is my only theory about why they're getting rid of because you know the whole reason the alliance can't have Gilneas is because it would be an alliance capital in a low-level horde zone, basically. Uh-huh. And the only way to have Gilneas is remove low-level horde city. Okay, that's the only theory I have about why they're taking this route. I just think that it doesn't would... sit right. 
it would dovetail nicely in my head from a story perspective because the night elves have been giving the worgen a home for all this time like they said here let's get you out of gilnaeus because this place is being overrun come back to our big tree we'll set you up with a smaller tree inside of our larger tree <laughs> we'll get you we'll, we'll, we'll make sure what, you're all good here. right there you know and and now maybe it can go the other way around where the gilnaeans can go oh your big tree it went away well we the have a smaller way. tree within our old city the only way I'm okay with this is if night elves start wearing Gilnean fashion. Yeah. See, I'm sorry. Here's my thing. Basically, what we're saying is the Gilneans crashed on the night elves' couch for like a decade at this point. But now that they've paid rent for all this time and everything. And... Now the night elves are going to be crashing on the war. It's like, you guys just keep trading couches. Yeah. We're just all going to end up living <laughs> on couches at this point. But then where does that put the Forsaken is the thing. Is it's like, where do the Forsaken go if they don't have the Undercity? And I don't have an answer for that unless they move up north and decide to park it in the Ghostlands. And say, okay, hey, our blood elf allies, you know, the ones that we helped get into the horde. Yeah, you guys can do us a solid now and let us crash on your couch. And by couch, we mean near ruined wasteland to the south of pretty elf land. Is that okay? It better be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think they probably will end up making them crash in the area. Because like, if, the, if the night elves lose... They're going to lose everything if they lose Teldrassil. They're going to lose all the starting zones they have. Yeah. They're just going to end up with like Forsaken all over Ashenvale. And, Sylvanas and, uh... does rule in Orgrimmar now. She does. So, so, you know, it would make sense to move the Forsaken into that area. <laughs> it's like, wow. It is the orcs who need to find a new place to live. Oh. Orcs, no, the orcs are like trying to figure out like how to tell the Forsaken nicely. They want them to leave. The Forsaken are like that guy you, you invite over to stay for the weekend, and then a month later they're still there. Battle for Azeroth <laughs> is less about the battle between the factions and the more about the search to find a new apartment. <laughs> in a reasonable neighborhood at a good it's like price. The, it's the real world Azeroth. <laughs> oh, Alessander oh just said world. in the chat channel, and Theramore. I'm like, oh, yeah. That actually mm. makes sense. That's terrible, but it does make sense, I guess. Oh, I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of any of this. It's just, I don't, mm, I don't like change. <laughs> Everything is changing. Everyone is rearranging. It's just, it's very strange. I don't know. I don't know what to make about it. But I don't think that the Night Elves are going to move into Lordaeron. I don't think anybody's going to move into Lordaeron. I think if they do anything with Lordaeron, they're going to make it like some kind of memorial or whatever to the great kingdom it once was and and leave it at that. I don't know. What do you guys think? They made a comment during BlizzCon saying the effect of that the Alliance doesn't just move into Lordaeron because they can't, because the Blood Elves are right up there and it's still a military threat. Yeah. And that's why they, they, they're going to be doing stuff in, in uh, Stromgard. Not, uh, I want to say Rathian Highlands? Yeah, the Rathian Highlands, there's going to yeah. be some stuff going on there. Like, that's a war front. So I don't think we're going to get Night Elves living in a Barrow Den made out of Lordaeron, even if, even if the Alliance actually claimed and controlled Lordaeron, I doubt that they would do that, but I don't even think they're going to get to do that. So I also kind of think that the Night Elves will have a hard time escaping a tree that is burning. No. Um, I, I really expect them to give us another Theramore where they kill off another 50 named characters in a book. <laughs> because you can't get off that tree when it's on fire. I'm going to be really upset if a lot of those characters that I grew up like leveling 
I grew up. I didn't grow up. I was already grown when I started playing World of Warcraft, but still, like, the characters that I leveled with and the NPCs that I spoke to for this many years are suddenly all dead. Because I had to go through that once with, like, Darkshore when we had the whole Cataclysm thing going on and all of the dudes from Dark Darkshore, like, half of them were dead. I and the felt other ones, you had so... To go- it I felt so awful. bad when that one guy, the guy with the po- the polar bear looking the bear, white bear, yeah. he's dead and you've got to find the bear, somebody else to be friends with. It. And he's like, the guy's like, well, his his friend is dead and my friends are dead and we'll take care of each other. And you're sitting there going, I don't want to cry over you, stupid game. I mean, if it's the way Blizzard does these things, I would not be surprised if Tyrande dies in a fire in a book. No, she doesn't. We know that she's alive. Uh, she's actually part of the ruling council. Yeah, yeah. we know Tyrande's still around. Okay. If you wanted to give Malfurion the axe, that'd be okay. It was people who did were like actually at BlizzCon got to see bits and pieces of the. Mm. Oh, and they they played through. Yeah, they played through the starting and so and stuff. Okay. Good to know. still around. Um, I we we know that the uh, Council of Three Hammers makes an appearance. There's there's people around. Uh, I don't remember if they said if Malfurion was there or not. I don't think he was. So hey, you guys who hate Malfurion. Yeah, Maybe he, he just decided to go like full him. bird. <laughs> he's flown away somewhere. He will no! be back. He's actually just at. He's at Teldrassil going. No, he's still screaming. Oh, no, he's still I holding that. I didn't actually he's, like this thing. He's going to go have a neutral party with Cadgar and be absolutely useless in Carzone. I I don't know. They're going to kick up their heels and like hang out. It's like Dalaran dance party all the time. Nobody's here anymore. Great. Anyway, next email. Uh, next email is from Lomshank, Worm Rest Accord, who says, Hello, watchers. I've never really been able to adjust to melee DPS every time I briefly tried it, being a hunter for all of my WoW life, but I'm currently eager to play one in the next expansion. I was hoping you guys could give me tips or suggestions on how to adjust and get used to melee gameplay, leaning towards a warrior at the moment. Thanks, Lomshank. My first suggestion would be to maybe consider trying your melee spec at a hunter, because it's probably going to be easier to learn. Because you still have pets and you'd still have traps and you'd still have various things that are still huntery. Yeah. But um, if you want to play a warrior as DPS, if you're, I, I mean, I love warriors. I, I think they're great. And Arms is a really good spec. And Fury has some good DPS. Has some really good DPS this expansion. I'm assuming it'll be good next expansion because it's usually a perennial good DPS spec. But I mean, there's one class that does melee DPS, and that's it. And that's rogues. Um, for all that. You know, being a warrior player, I am contractually obligated to think rogues are terrible. Uh, they are designed for it. They have a lot of abilities that allow you to get around stuff that other melee can't. Um, rogues don't have to worry as much about, you know, weird raid-wide AoE DPS type stuff. They, they do still have to worry about it, but they, they have some stuff that allows you to kind of get around it and not be as worried about it as, say, a warrior or a paladin or a, or a death knight or a shaman. Um so I am going to say you might want to consider a rogue, especially since you played Hunter. If you don't want to play a Hunter in melee DPS, you might want to consider a rogue because at least they're they're both agi classes and they're not really about magic. Um, but if you're going to be a warrior, uh, yeah, uh, basically the problem with melee DPS, and I know Alex when he played he, when he played raiding and so forth, he did a lot of melee DPS as well. Is you're always going to be kind of in a bad place because they don't design wise. They're not very good at designing fights that don't just destroy you. Like a lot of the mechanics 
it, they basically force you to get out of melee range. And when you're forced out of melee range, you do nothing. It's not like ranged DPS who they can take a step, they can move five feet and then just continue on as they were. And any auto attacking they had would still probably have been doing stuff. Your melee, if you move out of range, you're done. Like you're not doing any damage. And that's kind of the problem with melee. It's always been the problem with um, you guys have both meleeed in raids uh, and played a yeah. rogue for years. You, you've both experienced this. Alex, I know you've gone. Well, I know you've done. You Did you start as a paladin? Uh, no, I originally raided as a holy priest, and then I switched to a paladin later so I could do melee DPS. Okay, so you made the switch. You did this yeah. already. All yeah, right. but I mean, I pers- I learned by doing, personally, and there's no... I don't know what kind of tip you could give somebody for like, oh, switching from this role to another one. I just, you know, if you're going to roll... A- the thing I advise not doing is if you've never played melee dps don't use like a 110 character boost on a melee having never played melee before you're gonna have a thousand spells and abilities and you're not gonna know what you're doing but if you're starting from level one where you have literally one button and you level and you slowly they slowly give you all your abilities you kind of learn it step by step and the only thing to get to really adjust to is i'm punching it in the face up close and personal rather than shooting punches to the face from my gun because all guns shoot boxing gloves in my universe. I would say, I mean, okay, I started playing World of Warcraft as like a resto druid and then switched to a shadow priest and then switched to a rogue. So I have made this transition before. And yeah, what Alex said as far as leveling from level one onward, that's a good idea. The other thing you want to do is you want to keep in mind that you aren't ranged anymore. <laughs> And you can't cast from a distance, like Rossi was saying. So when you're in dungeons and raids and things like that, you have to be really aware of your positioning. Make sure that you're not standing in front of a boss because you can't take those hits. You can't take the hits that a tank can hit, that a tank is designed to take, really. Um, And you kind of have to watch the mass that you are in because... When you're in a raid in particular, there's just a pile of people. It's people, it's pets, it's demons. Like, there's just a pile of things with you. And you have to pay really close attention to what's going on at your feet. Um, The other thing that you want to pay attention to, whether you're playing a warrior or a rogue or whatever you choose to play, if you have interrupts, get used to using those. Because you're going to be expected to use them. (laughs) If you have any kind of utility, get used to using that utility because you're going to be expected to use it. Um, I I will say, as one of the things that made me really come to hate playing melee in raids Mm -hmm. was the amount of crap in melee range. I frequently lost sight of my own character and didn't know where I was. Yeah. There's, there's just, a, it's, yeah. it's a that pile of stuff. It, there is, it's a pile of stuff, and that's the challenging part about playing melee in raids is balancing or trying to keep your DPS up while there's still stuff going on around you. And if something gets pulled out of melee range, you got to stay in that. You, you have to be right up in there to hit most anything, um, whether it's in a dungeon or in a raid. You have to be right up on that guy, but you want to be behind them. You don't want to be in front of them. When you're out soloing in the world, it doesn't matter as much. Um, in Between playing a warrior or playing a rogue, I would say... If you just want to pull a whole mess of stuff and survive that, 
play a warrior because you could probably kill everything and you wouldn't really take too much da there are there are ways for you to mitigate that damage as a warrior if you want to play a sneak play a rogue because a rogue's got several ways to get out of a situation if it gets to a point where you can no longer control it you could just vanish you have you have the magic escape button <laughs> there are several of those but vanish is probably the best one <laughs> i just want to jump in real fast uh-huh what she said is accurate, but it's only accurate for arms and protection warriors. Yeah. If your fury, until you are geared up really well, your fury doesn't have the old self healing it used to have. So you can you can die a lot more easily on fury than you could have, say an, an arms warrior. Alex can testify that this leveling as an arms as... warrior is almost unkillable. I, I was yeah. going to say though, as fury though, I still don't think as fury you're quite as squishy as a rogue. You're squishier. Are you? You're straight up. Yeah, because rogues, you just mentioned the reason that rogues are better. Uh, a rogue can, if a rogue is at the point like, oh, I'm going to die, they can they can get away. Yeah. A warrior's like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, well. And you die. Guess I'll die. <laughs> Guess I'll Not die. much for that. I best, but you can't, like, charge like, away or anything like that. No, you can not... throw a leap away, but you're not going to get anywhere. They're going to catch you. Yeah, they will catch up uh, with you. Arms, arms warrior is probably the most straightforward thing to learn. Yeah, you just hit things with your sword. Uh, when some when one guy dies, you get a victory rush. So you hit the next guy with that. And you're practically healed to full. Um, it's it it's a very easy leveling spec. If you decide I'd like to start at level one and play a warrior, and I just want to go all the way to level one ten on the same warrior spec and change nothing, play arms. Do it. As, yeah, it's it's cake. And if you want to take the easiest route to one ten, roll a rogue. Because stealth is everything. You can sneak past so much general just piles of mobs that are there to make your life difficult so that you have to fight through them. Yeah, you don't have to fight through them. You can stealth past them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Rogues and druids are the two that have the They're most real like cheap. <laughs> You're, you're trying to get you're trying to get to a node and you're fighting your way through all the stuff on the ground and it's always rogues or druids who are like you get there and they're like on top of it mining it. Thank God they put that change in in this expansion. Yeah, it's nice that, that they did. Is, something is tapped by somebody, you can still mine it within 15 seconds. Rogues have. I, I think that rogues... the stealth. Good. No, no, go ahead. The stealth stealing of nodes didn't bother me nearly as much as for some reasons druids being able to like pick flowers and stuff While as flying. a bird. Yeah. That's Come on, cheap, man. I fought my move. way to this thing. You just dropped out of the sky. You didn't <laughs> even stop flat, being a bird. Flat, flat. This bird is mining rocks. <laughs> How does a bird mine? I don't think birds can mine, but they can definitely pick herbs. Picking herbs with their little claws or whatever while you're trying to get to it. Yeah, that part was really annoying. Um, I think that rogues have one up on, on feral druids, though, just because they also have sap. As yes, least. so that's, they could. That's true. You, you could sneak by something. You can sap it so that if you do come out of stealth, it's still dazed and it's not going to attack you or anything like that. And you can do your mining thing, and then you can vanish again because, well, not vanish. You can just stealth again because if if a target is sapped and you come out of stealth, unless you're right up on top of it, it doesn't put them in combat. They're too yeah, busy not doing anything. <laughs> it's just CC. Um, rogues have a really useful toolkit. They just have a really useful toolkit for leveling. They're kind of a joy to level. Um, you get away with a lot. And you do a lot of damage. And you do a lot of damage really fast. Um, arms. I don't know how arms works as far as like 
hard-hitting damage. I know that when I played a warrior, when I was playing a warrior, the thing that got me and kind of bothered me, and it still bothers me every time I go to pick up a warrior or play a warrior, is that it feels so slow in comparison to a rogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want, if you want to even come close to the way a rogue plays, you'd have to play Fury, and yeah. you'd have to basically arms is more gear dependent. If you want to have somewhat of the warrior experience, but you want to do damage closer to a rogue, uh, Unholy DK isn't bad. Um, I, I've leveled some on Unholy DK. Unholy DK has some decent bursts and has some good survivability, and it's if you're into the flavor of the Death Knight, it's a it's a fun class to play i loved i loved leveling on blood because even though it didn't have the the dps blood can literally just say oh hey there's 300 people over there i will now drop death and decay on them and they're going to come over here and i'm going to kill them as they get here one at a time and it'll take 20 years but i don't care what have i got to do besides murder you uh so that's you know blood blood dk had that unholy dk has some decent burst um my enhancement shaman did not feel fun to play this expansion and so i couldn't really get into it some people love them and it maybe maybe that's the class for you. It just it wasn't. I did not feel like they they maintained. It's one of those changes like when a class changes too much, and you don't really understand it anymore. That's how I felt with enhancement. This expansion enhancement enhancement shaman felt pretty generic to me. Yeah, this expansion really does not feel like they they, they, they had pushed, a good handle. They pushed every melee class towards that spam your resource builder and then spam your resource spender. It's the same cycle, and they kind of applied that to every melee class. And Enhancement what? Shaman, the, the core of the, their whole thing is build Maelstrom, spend Maelstrom. Like, that's, that was it. That seemed like that was it. But they managed to make like some classes, like, like Death Knights and Paladins and Warriors, feel distinct from each other and feel distinct from other classes in a way that Shaman... Shaman feel like, oh, well, if you've played every other melee class this expansion, you'll understand Enhancement uh, to a degree that is... there's doesn't feel like... Nothing feels really... There's kind of a sameness um, to it all. Like, uh, maybe this is because, like, I, this is all personal taste. You know, I really loved Arms Warrior. and Ar Warriors are also build, spend, build, rage, spend, rage, right? It's, it's still the same thing. But I felt like Warriors were a lot of fun this expansion, whereas... Rhett Paladin was a lot like Enhancement Charm. It's like, okay, they've just applied the same mechanics and kind of reskinned the abilities. This one looks like lightning and this one looks like holy magic. But it's basically the same thing. Yeah, like definitely one thing that, that Ann pointed out about the speed of rogues. Rogues have that that definitely feels like a thing that rogues have. Like when I was leveling my rogue, it definitely feels like, you know, you're you know, you're like stab, 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 and now cut. Like it, there's there's a, a pace to it. Um, whereas warriors, arms warriors feel very much like one, two, three, biggest hit I can do. One, two, three, biggest hit I can do. Where Which, it, it's very, you know, it's if it, you it, like it's it, great. It's not bad. It's just when you're used to the kind of frenetic pace that rogues do damage and that rogues hit with, it, it's it's jarring. It feels a little jarring. Yeah. Um, I also appreciated monks, though, kind of for the same reason, because monks do a lot of the same things as rogues do as far as they hit real fast. Um, they are also an agility-based melee class, so it might be also worth looking into. Rogues, or excuse me, monks don't have the stealth. You aren't going to get, you're, you aren't going to be able to do the sneaky sneak. You're not going to be able to do as many of the cheap moves as you can do with a with a rogue, but there's something satisfying about playing a monk, and monks also have the added bonus of being able to heal themselves. So that's another 
thing to look at. I, it just depends. I mean, what do you want to do with your melee class? Do you want survivability? Do you want the ability to sneak around and get out of any situation? Do you want to just hit real hard? Like, what are you looking for? Um, I, don't, I don't know if we answered your question, but I hope we helped a little bit, Lomshank. Anyway, gave you some thoughts to ponder. Uh, ordinarily, I'd say let's do one more email, but we're kind of running low on time. We had a lot of news. A lot of news popped up today because Blizzard just came back from vacation, so we kind of covered a lot of news today. We can carry over these other extra emails to next week. That's fine. Um, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and again if you enjoy our show consider checking out curiosity stream you can check that out at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity uh it's got a one week free trial subscription start at just 2.99 a month and you'll be helping support the show thank you very much Ian. uh guys also remember if you have a question for the show please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast at blizzardwatch in the subject line and uh thank you guys very much for listening to us you know this past year in 2017 and thanks for being here for us in 2018 because you know we're going to do some good stuff this year I, it's going to be a good year we, we we're going to do everything we've done but better i'm going to say that right now i'm making a prediction i have no right to make uh i'm matt i've been the host uh, Ann and alex have been with me this week and thank you guys for being with us and we'll see you next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.